Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the latest edition of the Finger Guns podcast. I'm your host this week. My name is Sean. Uh, Ross is taking a well-earned break this week, and I am joined by Toby Anderson. Ahoy, hoy. How are you doing, chap? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm full of uh, fish and couscous tonight. It was yummy. Fish and couscous. Fish and couscous. Uh, I'm, I'm no, full of a you thinking dinner. that's not good? Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, I've, I've had beef and Yorkshire pudding mm. and... Yeah, roasted. maybe that's better. But I talked about roast last week. Well, you inspired me, to be honest. <laughs> um, this is the second day that I've had a sun- Sunday lunch. So <laughs> I had a Saturday and a Sunday lunch. Um, so that, that explains my size. And we're also joined by Greg Hicks. Hello, hello. How are you? Good. Surviving. It's funny. I say surviving. It, it reminds me of um, Shaun of the Dead when they say it, like, ironically and then literally. You know, when he when he sees Yvonne and and the star, and he's oh, you know, surviving, which you say is a oh, you know, doing all right, and then like I can now say it like surviving in that I haven't caught the deadly plague. Yeah. Although I did my best efforts the other day, I managed to get blood in my eye. That was fun. Yeah, I don't want to know about this. This could be like <laughs> is it eighteen days later, twenty eight days later, twenty eight days no, later. I, yeah. I haven't. I can still function speech, and I haven't turned into a massive ball of rage yet. So I'm okay. Yet. Yeah, but, you know, you know, regular ball of rage though. I'm gonna be like, um, do you, did you ever used to watch Modern Toss? No. Ah, uh, the mate who turns into like the big uh, Barney. He's called. There, he's like on a flight, and it'd be like, and the in-flight movie is uh, Crossroads, and, rah, 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 and he just turns <laughs> this big red Hulk thing, but he still talks normally. He's like, oh bloody hell! I'm... Okay. Yeah, that, that's gonna happen to me. I need to watch Modern Toss. I heard it's you very really good. do. It's so good. Like space argument. They're so good. Right. Okay. I'll put that on the list. Let's on list. On to list. Let's start this week by talking about what games we've been playing this week. And I'm going to start with Greg, since so you're unmuted. Ta-da. Uh, I've had a bit of variety. Um, obviously, been streaming a lot recently. So I've been playing Alien, Sekiro, Resident Evil 4, and 2. And uh, yeah, that's kind of all right. But no, um, chasing that platinum on Last of Us 2. So I finished it the other day. So I'm just going back through to uh, collect the supplements and upgrade weapons and find all their treasure and stuff, which is going all right. But no, my game of the week is one for my review that came out yesterday. It's Drive or hashtag Drive, which really annoys Toby. <laughs> it's, an, it's an endless runner in, in car form. So it's an endless driver. Uh, I reviewed it on Switch and it's it's simple, but it's frustratingly calming like you pick a car you pick a level and it's procedurally generated so you just drive as long as you can you don't have any control over acceleration you just get to brake and drift and you collect coins along the way in the forms of bottle caps you refuel and you repay your car if you get dinked but if you hit something too hard you instantly die and it's just it's funky and all the cars are like unlicensed versions of real life stuff so like your golfs your sirocco's your testarossas um like your mustangs camper vans minivans all that kind of stuff and yeah my review came out yesterday and um i don't give it like too much away to, to make you not read it but yeah i've been thoroughly enjoying that it's i didn't realize it was only when i was writing the review i was like oh this this looks like a a cheeky mobile port type thing and i was like oh it is actually a mobile game but it doesn't have any of the horrible trappings of like microtransactions or anything like that. There's no like, oh, you want to buy this car? Chuck in five quid real money. 
there's none of that. It's great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my game of the week. The Nintendo Switch seems to be home to a lot of these mobile games that have, have managed to shed their mobile phone awfulness. Yeah, and it, I don't know if the mobile version's got microtransactions and and what I'm I'm sure it has. It's on the I, Google I believe Play it does. Store. Yeah. yeah, I believe it does. But the I suppose because you only pay like well, you don't pay if it's if it's free to play, do you? But I suppose if you've coughed up ten or fifteen pound for a console version, you'd think you wouldn't want to put more money into it. Yeah. But uh, no, that's that's my my game of the week, and it's it's very enjoyable. Oh, I did enjoy you enjoy your review. Thank, Thank you. All. Uh, Toby, what have you been playing this week? Um, so I've been playing kind of two games um, alternately, like just going from one to the other. Uh, one of them is Curse of the Dead Gods, which I can't talk about very much because it's under embargo, but it's a roguelite that I've been, that I'm reviewing. Um, it's about a week till embargo on that one, so I'll be able to talk about it next week. But um, the other game that I've been playing on and off is Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I mentioned last week, but I've put another like 10 hours into um, over the course of the week, I'm really enjoying it. I don't know what Paul was on about when he was Yay. saying the half an hour. I mean, I know what he's on about with the if you only give it half an hour, then that's what you're going to get, isn't it? Um, and it does take it does take a good few hours to get started, especially if you just but to be fair that spend the whole time in Norway. That is how long Paul plays the game and then goes, Yeah, no. and if I'd made a decision on half an hour, I might have given up as well, but I was prepared to go quite a bit longer than that. Um you, you start off in Norway and you can put like you can put a good 10 hours into that without any problem. Um, but I did it about five hours before I invaded England. And I tell you, the moment you start, the moment you sort of rock up to England in your longship is just really cool. I just I saw England. and I was like, you know, you sort of seeing it for the first time in a weird way. It's 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 all rustic and old and, you know, unblemished by you know modern the modern world and i was like oh that's the rolling hills of of east anglia and stuff you know it's, it's fun and it looks cool and, and because you know england pretty well it's kind of got this really interesting vibe to it um it's kind of a vibe that odyssey had for me as well because i know the greek myths really well um i know we all do but I, i've read a lot of them um as on top so i knew every island and i knew all those things that, were, that she was going through and stuff so the actual locations and the same is happening in england i'm really enjoying it because of that um, I'll tell you the last thing on it, that I won't spoil anything for people, but obviously you, you know, you've got loads of storyline that you're going to go into there and you, you, you get this great um, like map of all the different people that you're going to have to eventually hunt down with your, you know, your assassin's blade. The moment you get that list, that big web of um, the, the, the order that you're, you're hunting down, I just love that moment. And that happened in you know, um, Origins and Odyssey as well, when you've got this great big web to, to hunt. Um, the moment it happened in this was just the same. I was like, yes, okay, I'm going to hunt down every single one, get all the clues, etc. I'm going to be, I'm going to be hooked on it for 50 to 60 hours. I can see, I can see it happening. Um, but my favourite thing is raiding monasteries, right? So um, you have to go on these little raids where you you, you rock up to a monastery, you, you bring in all your people in the longship, and then they'll come charging up the beach, throw monks out of windows, you know, hacking stuff apart and, and stealing all the gold and stuff. And it always makes me think of that bit in um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, where um, he, he 
packs all the all the gold into that guy's chest and he's like holding more and more bags of gold and he's going here's all your gold you know you want all the gold make sure you're holding all the gold you want to pay the river man on your way to hell and then kicks him out of the window <laughs> and i'm just like yes that is what thinking, i'm doing every time <laughs> i was thinking of men in tights then that's my default uh, no wrong film. one <laughs> you mean the serious one i mean the one the, the really really unserious one with kevin costner and uh, morgan freeman yeah um but um yeah, it's just that moment where Friar Tuck kicks the other guy out of the window, and it's like it's like the original Sparta moment. But he's, yeah, pay the river man on your way to hell is a line that I love, and uh, I just keep doing that in Valhalla. It's great. I love Valhalla. I'm 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 really coming around to it. I was I was iffy with it in Norway as well, but yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I think I think I said there's a couple of weeks ago with it. The onboarding, the whole like first hour or so, it's just rough. Mm. Then, then, then tutorially it, and yeah slow yeah well I, I, I tell you the, the amount of times now I, i'm just sitting there and i'm i'm with you i i liked both um origins and odyssey because i knew a bit of the myth and the you know mm. seeing the gods and whatever but this time it's like personal so i've just done i've just done london mm. and spent my time going around london and like it's london it's fucking yeah. London. <laughs> Syndicate had a bit of that as well. Syndicate was really fun because it was London. I was like, yeah, I know all the districts, you know? Yeah. I, I remember writing an article a long, long time ago for a website called uh, PS Junkie about my holiday in um, oh, what's it, uh, Venice and how I managed to look like I knew exactly what I was doing because I'd been playing <laughs> Assassin's Creed Brotherhood <laughs> for weeks beforehand and had spent <laughs> so much time exploring all the... Oh, don't. This is exactly what I did on holiday in Italy when we went to the Colosseum. My, my wife's going, you, try oh, and climb you know, these, these things are all so, you know, so interesting and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I've climbed that. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, no, you, you fucking and, haven't. Uh, you try and climb it in real life? <laughs> no. Oh, but I was just, I was just like, you know, I've, I've climbed that. There weren't guards around when I did it, but you know, man dies from after diving off the <laughs> top of Colosseum into a pack of leaves that really didn't break his will. Jack Thompson gets like an eagle. on board. Yeah, Jack Thompson gets on board, tries to sue video games again. Mm-hmm. What's been your uh, game of the week, Sean? Um, I just want to ask you guys a question first. Yeah, um, okay. Control, right? Yes. Did you know that the, that game has an assist mode, which basically yeah. is cheats? Yeah, I did the last um, DLC with it on. Fuck. No me. shame. No shame, because I just wanted to get it done. I only noticed it when I was really close to the end. Um, so I did most of it without it at all. Obviously, same as Greg. You know, I don't think I would have turned it on anyway. But yeah, I found it at the end. So so I, I've been struggling with the last two bosses on control. Um, the uh, Hiss... Um, one of the his bosses who ends up in like storage, and the um, mirror version. He said, "Yeah, yeah." And um, I've been struggling with that every so often. I just dip, I'll turn my PS4 and I'm like, "Do you know what? I'll give it another go today." And I've been failing and failing and failing and failing. And then somebody tweeted me the other day to say, "Hey, did you know that there's an assist mode?" So I've been back on control. <laughs> yeah my mate my mate duncan messaged me and said oh there's a some some platforming bit was awful and i went not the maze because that bit's amazing he went no 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 and i said oh you know if you get stuck there is this assist thing and he went yeah it's not gonna help with the platforming is it and i was like well no but if you want to cruise through for the story because i know you have limited time 
then yeah because that's what I, I got I think it was no I did the second DLC and I wanted to finish the game because I had to go and get one of the bosses from earlier and I was like I've put in the legwork for this fuck it just invincibility one hit kills ammo cooldown you know non-existent yeah. bam and I have as much shame in that as I do about cheesing the uh, demon of hatred and Sekiro <laughs> I, if it's there for me it doesn't make it doesn't put me at the top of some stupid leaderboard that see, ruins I, it for everyone else. I don't care. I'll do it. See, I was discussing this on that on that last review I did for the metal unit. They had an assist mode in that right from the start. Yeah. And I just think in a way that you shouldn't have it from the start. You should have it once you've completed the game. And I know that would mean Sean would still be stuck on his bosses, but um I I think when they give you all those cheats at the end, that's cool. That's great. And that's been around for you know decades yeah that's giving it at that. the beginning i'm just like uh I, I don't want to use them these yeah, two bosses is, are optional is, like these, these two, I'm, um, yeah if it's an optional boss i, mean, I suppose that that does give another wrinkle to that argument this is why i'm cruising through last of us 2 now because when you clear it you get um you can buy cheats with the points that you earn in yeah. game and they're yeah. like five points each so i've got the submachine gun which you get as a free weapon and i've got infinite ammo and it's just like i'm just i'm literally just cruising through it now to because so, you, you don't need to play it on grounded to um there's no there's no platinum for doing it on grounded so i'm like oh even better no what? well i got i got the plan yeah, that's, a, that's I? a dlc so I, I, i've not been uh, <laughs> i never did grounded mode <laughs> yeah the, the grounded trophies dlc and it's only like a silver and there's bronze for completing the game with any of the the permadeath settings on oh they can get fucked you know naughty dog are losing it after pushing me to through doing all three uncharted no one uncharted pushes game. you to do these things yeah, they do. There's a platinum trophy waiting at the end. <laughs> you put yourself through this sort of self-flagellation. Toby's I've done all the Uncharted twice. As well. All of them twice. Yes. <laughs> Except four, I suppose. Um, yeah, the first three all of like, them all twice I, All I can hear here is, from you two is, I like punching myself in the balls for video games. Uncharted, Uncharted. I love <laughs> Uncharted. Yeah. <laughs> so so my actual game of the week. Now, you, oh, you, yeah. guys, you guys might have heard of this. Um, is Only Cans... Have you heard about this game? Isn't it a Peter Molyneux thing? No, no. no. Oh, he's no, he's a twenty-two cans. Yeah, it's it twenty-two cans. No, so, I feel like I'm really out of it. I don't know what you're talking about. So, do you know OnlyFans is a oh, thing yes. that exists? Yeah, I'm so, aware of it. So, this game is called Only Cans, and you play as a photographer for uh, soda drink cans, and you basically at every level you start, and this this can is rotating in the air and you have to left and right click on a mouse when this counter at the bottom hits particular uh, pieces of foam on, on the bar. As you do so, you get um, erotic noises. <laughs> and um, and this bar eventually speeds up and obviously the, the more you hit, the better rank you get. But at the end of it, at the end of the time of the, each level, the can opens and it sprays itself all over you. In a form of, <laughs> in a form of elation. So so, yeah, and, and it's quite it's it's quite a, a fun hilarious game. I, I mean, I've never found a can sexy, but um, you know, the next time I get a can of coke, I will not look at it the same again. I don't think. Um, Just don't want a can of Seven Up. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, Is this a review or did you buy it? It's free on Steam. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah, so is Doki Doki Literature Club, but I haven't played that yet. You should. Did you get Fisting Simulator at the same time? 
Oh, touch, touch dig. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the best Chris question. I like the fact that there's there's it only three was of one us of the tonight. best ones. There's only three <laughs> of us tonight, so we are really going to pat it out. If, if, <laughs> if anyone's if anyone's listening to this and is confused, listen to last week's podcast when we had a yeah. quiz. Um, and that was one of the questions. Erotic we, quiz questions. Should we should we do a quiz? Yeah, let's have a okay. good old fashioned beat off. Wait. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this was originally a uh, Valentine's Day uh, quiz, and it was all about games and love in games. But seeing as though we missed Valentine's Day because I was doing family stuff, um, I've changed it up and tried to do a quiz that's specifically for you guys. So we shall see how this goes down. Uh, I've, I've tried. Can we to do stick... this once before when it we was did. us three? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. I just, I just, uh, I just don't see the point. The only games you... that me and Greg know. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've tried to stick to games that both of you. Have well, at least have some awareness of. It's going to be all about Sakira, right. you know that. Hang on, I'm just going to have to not pause, but quit out of Dark Souls because you can't pause that shit. Go on. <laughs> right, okay. If you've never heard this podcast before, I'm going to ask these guys 10 questions and at the end of the podcast, we'll get the answers and we'll find out who won. Okay, so question one. Which one of the following did not have his voice featured in the game Brutal Legend? Was it Ozzy Osbourne, Lemmy, or Ronnie James Dio. So question one, which one of the following did not have his voice featured in the game Brutal Legend? Was it Ozzy Osbourne, Lemmy, or Ronnie James Dio? Okay, question two. The cult classic Metal Wolf Chaos was originally developed and published by which company? Oh. Can you repeat the question, please? I can absolutely repeat the question. Question two. The cult classic Metal Wolf Chaos was originally developed and published by which company? I should know this because I you reviewed should. it. You should. I gave you... it an absolute slating and then <laughs> Devolver told me off because I called it shit. Yes, but who originally developed and published yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not giving it away by saying Devolver. I mean, that's that's yeah that's a remaster oh oh come on brain greg has killed the bread herring for you there it's not the volvo well no because i don't think they were even around then i I think i've got a a weird hunch as to what it is i think you just got a weird hunch yeah (laughs) okay don't be weird about that's my it's hereditary (laughs) question three (laughs) question three in which Xbox 360 exclusive did you battle against three gangs called Los Muertos, the Volk, and the Shy Gen Corporation? What's an exclusive? What? What's an exclusive mean? It wasn't on any other console. I know. That's okay then. <laughs> about this far in the gaming world by not knowing what exclusive means. Question three, in which Xbox 360 exclusive did you battle against three gangs called Los Muertos, the Volk, and the Shy Gen Corporation? Okay, question four. Lady Butterfly, Headless Ape, and the Corrupted Monk are all boss battles from which game? Yay, I know that one. I don't. (laughs) 
Question four, Lady Butterfly, Headless Ape, and The Corrupted Monk are all boss battles from which game? If anyone's been watching me stream, you'll you'll hear me <laughs> shouting. You'll be hearing me shout at one of these the other day. Oh, so it's Resident Evil 2. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, question five. Which Disney World did Sora and Company visit first in Kingdom Hearts 3? Fuck knows. I did a poll on that one. I only played about half an hour and went, nope, bored. So you might have made it to the first world then. Uh, oh, crap. So question five. Oh, which Disney... Which right. Dis Disney World <laughs> do Sora and company visit first? No, 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 no. I thought you meant as in which which Disney, like which theme park? Which the Disney World Resort? <laughs> you weren't listening at all then, clearly. <laughs> No, no, I took him. I took it as one word. Like, which Disney were like? Did they go to Paris? Did they go to Japan? No, which, which, yeah. Go the ahead. rides were featured. There's yeah. loads of rides featured. I still don't know the answer. I'm just stalling for time. Okay, can I ask you the question Ooh. one more time? No, I do know. Which do Disney I? World do Sora and company visit first in Kingdom Hearts three? Okay, question six. In which 2012 Disney film does Street Fighter's Zangief? Make an appearance. It's going to do the quote then, but that would really give it away. Oh God, I'm, I'm <laughs> having to keep my mouth shut so I don't actually <laughs> do it now. <laughs> Question six: In which 2012 Disney film does Street Fighter Zangief make an appearance? On question five, was the world that they went to like a massive repeat of a previous world? Yes. Okay, I think I got it. <laughs> uh, trying to rack my brains as to what was the only bit you experienced of Kingdom Hearts 3 before you gave up <laughs> and it was like I think I the, told you and went I'm the shitty little town that you went to and that's where I definitely gave up on it I don't even know where I, I uh, and I just couldn't remember what Disney film I'd actually seen in there somebody in the in the what culture gaming discord it was moaning going like I can't get into Kingdom Hearts and it's lack of story. I was like, lack of story? Lack. It's <laughs> <laughs> more story in that in one of those games than yeah, I guess series. I gave, I gave up because there's too much story going on. Yeah, I always want more story, but there's a point with Kingdom yeah. Hearts where it's just too much. Yeah. Let's just say Peter Jackson could turn one Kingdom Hearts game into nine full-length feature films. Yeah, yep. he could. <laughs> okay, question seven. Sonic the Hedgehog's most powerful form that of hypersonic appears in just one video game. Which game is it? Hypersonic, oh crap. It's like the one up from Supersonic. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just, you know. It's a Super uh, Saiyan Sonic. Super Saiyan Sonic, yeah. <laughs> it's over 9,000. Yeah. I was going to say, 9,000 Sonics. Okay, question Sonicometer. Seven. <laughs> I have no idea which one no, that was in. No, I'm, taking a, I'm taking a pun. <laughs> Take I'm gonna, a guess. Yeah, me too. Okay, question seven, Sonic the Hedgehog's most powerful form, that of hypersonic, appears in which video game? If it's any of the 3D ones, I've no I've no idea anyway. Oh, I might be one up on you then. I yeah, maybe. I don't I'm know. going for a 2D one. <laughs> but I still don't know. Okay, question eight. What was the name of the damsel in distress in the original Donkey Kong? And question eight. Oh no, it's not that. Um Question eight, what was the name of the damsel in distress in the original Donkey Kong?
can hear the cogs turning. That's good. I, that. <laughs> I can think of one one of the girl gorillas, but I'm not oh, sure it's the no, right one. No. I'm not sure it's right at all. I can think. I can only think of one female name from that entire series. Um, this is from the original Donkey Kong. Yeah, I, I don't That'll think it's give him right. help. I don't okay, think it's going to be right. Don't worry. Okay, okay. I think I, think I know it. <laughs> it's a tough one, that one, is it? Oh, okay. yeah. Question okay. question nine. In which 2010 game did you play as a protagonist called Monkey, who was voiced by Andy Serkis? <laughs> Greg loves that game. Fucking love that game. In question nine. In which 2010 game did you play as a protagonist called Monkey, who was voiced by Andy Serkis? And when we tell you the answer, I think it's every listener's duty to go and play it. It's crazy yeah. that that's 10 years old, actually. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's on. Nope, stop giving clues. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Toby, know, Toby knows what it is because he said that it's. I know, but I just don't want to spoil it for anyone listening. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> this isn't a scratch in the head and we just jabbering well, about yeah, it. 2010 was in the question. Yes. Okay. Question 10. Name one of the three playable protagonists in Assassin's Creed Revelations. Question 10, name one of the three playable protagonists in Assassin's Creed Revelations. <laughs> Sorry, I've just sent you my answers and I've just noticed the autocorrect in the last one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've just seen them. Very well done. Very well done indeed. Don't take that as verbatim. Oh, I am. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I could just go and edit it. But... No, it's that's, okay. That's it's okay. Funny. It's okay. Do I need to afford you a picture, do I? No, no, it's okay. No, it's okay. I'll, I'll trust you. If it's if Paul's here, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, I, no I'd, I'll do it anyway. Okay. okay, let's get into a topic. So the first thing uh, we're going to talk about this week is all about the DualSense drift issue. So I'm just going to read a little bit of a excerpt from Eurogamer from Wesley Yinpool. So this week, a legal firm, the firm behind the ongoing case against Nintendo's um, Joy-Con drift, uh, sent out a online form to ask for anybody who is suffering from DualSense drift to get in contact with them. Clearly, that action worked uh, because a DualSense lawsuit has now been filed in the United States District Court for the Southern District of New York on behalf of a plaintiff called Lamarck Turner of Virginia and other affected customers in the US against Sony Corporation of America and Sony Interactive Entertainment. The complaint filed on 12th of February and seen by Eurogamer claims the DualSense is defective. Specifically, the DualSense controllers that are used to operate the, the PS5 contain a defect that results in characters or gameplay moving on the screen without user command or manual operation of the joystick. This defect significantly interferes with gameplay and thus compromises the DualSense controller's core functionality. The complaint cites multiple online reports of DualSense drift on Reddit and social media, including uh, the tweet below, uh, which I can't embed here, but it's rather funny if you want to go and check that out. Uh, it's on Yuri Games' website. It's a, a player, a player playing rogue company and just kind of moving forward without any input. <laughs> um, the complaint goes on to accuse Sony of being aware of the other alleged dual uh, sense drift via online consumer complaint, um, which is saying that 
basically the DualSense uses the virtually the same analog, on analog components as the PlayStation 4's DualShock 4, which reportedly also suffers from drift, and that options for repair are slim. The plaintiff is said to have bought a PS5 on the 5th of February 2021 and experienced DualSense drift on the same day. He contacted Sony Customer Services and was adv advised to reset his console, which didn't work. Turner ended up buying another DualSense controller, priced $69.99, a few days later. Had the plaintiff been aware of the drift defect prior to purchasing his PS5, he otherwise would have not purchased the PS5 or would have paid to sub substantially less for it, reads the complaint. So, <clears throat> apparently this is another thing that's, that's happening, DualSense drift. Now, I, I know that Greg is currently PS5-less, um, but I know that you spend yep. a lot of time on Reddit. <laughs> so, have you experienced PS5 drift, Greg? <laughs> I have not seen anything about PS5 drift <laughs> until you guys told me to look it up for the podcast. I've not seen anything about it, to be honest. Okay. I might have seen the occasional fleeting tweet about it, but it's the same thing as when people complain about having um, Joy Con drift. Like, it sucks for a small number of people, but I can't see it being a major system default. Same as the whole Red Ring of Death thing. But. I don't speak for the thousands of people that have obviously been afflicted by it. Yeah. Now, I, I on Joy-Con drift, let's just talk about that for a second. I have four or five Joy-Cons, all of which have drift. And I've cleaned them and they don't work. And I spoke. Maybe to, you're just too heavy handed with them. It's they are, <laughs> not, none of them are mine. They're all my kids. So I can quite understand why they do get drift. Oh, okay. You know, they, they, you know, most of them are covered in yogurt at least once. Um, yeah, they get dirt in them, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that is know, an, that is an often often a cause of drift, but it's not it's not the fundamental cause. No. So this Joy-Con drift thing, this this has gone forward, and there is kind of like an out of course settlement where Nintendo can have arbitration with anybody who has um, this issue, and they could get a new set of console the, uh, controllers, which is fine. This DualSense thing, this is from the same lawyers. Now. I've not seen anything about DualSense Drift at all. And I, I consider myself to be very online. Toby, have you seen anything about DualSense Drift? Not until this week. Have you experienced you it? Know, um, you know, I made that... that... Sorry, I interrupted then. No, no. Um, so the, was the question, have I experienced any... Um, yeah. Joy, uh, not Joy-Con Drift, um, DualSense Drift? No, not at all. Um, the, there were a couple. I watched a couple of videos um, yesterday to see, you know, what people were talking about. A lot of them involved a lot of flicking of controllers um, to try and get it to work, you know, to, to hmm. try and actually demonstrate this thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. Um, so just the same as, you know, with any of these things, it could be that there's a few that randomly are problematic, but I never saw anything where there was a PS4 or PS3. And if it's the same con same components, you know, I never saw drift for those either. No. So I don't know. I don't really know where it's coming from in that respect. You know, um, I made that. I made that that Jack Thompson joke during the quiz. No, wait. I, I made a Jack Thompson reference earlier, but it's kind of serendipitous because it now seems like a similar kind of thing. It's almost like the like, when you see people going to the doctors and they they film them with hidden cameras and the doctor's going, oh yeah, if you want to get off work, you know, let's just exaggerate your pain, that kind of stuff. It seems like an unfortunate amount of, some players have had this problem and then it's just like, 
now someone's taken it to be champion. This this firm has taken on the Joy-Con one as well to be champion and be like, there is a problem, refunds for all, that kind of thing. Like I like Toby said, I've never had any sticking issues with um my PS3. My PS4 controller is the the right thumbstick started to do it. It wasn't so much drifting, but it was getting the tiniest fraction stuck. And it was almost it was like a slow-mo um Michael Bay pan sometimes. I'd be stood there and the camera would just slowly start rotating around. And I was like, oh, this is annoying. I got a can of compressed air. I lift the thumbstick up and not at point blank range, but I fizzed enough compressed air in there to sort of dislodge whatever was in there. And it's fine now. It didn't make me go, right, lawsuit. They owe me punitive damages because my psyche is affected by my camera spinning. <laughs> and it just seems a bit weird that like, I'm just, I'm just reading the Eurogamer article now and it's just, <laughs> just that, that, that line that, if he'd known this, he wouldn't have bought the console. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> bullshit, mate. If you bought, I'm calling you know, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. That's that. That's another prime example of like, I am hurt by this, and and I I need damages, and I'd like another free console. And uh, oh. can I have a refund but keep the controller? Please? Yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the cyberpunk <laughs> thing. It's the cyberpunk <laughs> thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. um, what they refunded me and they've stopped me from playing the game. <laughs> and I have to send back the controller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, just. I I almost don't want to make that I don't want to make that xenophobic American thing of like counterculture because we have adapted it as well as a country annoyingly you know if I fell over in Sainsbury's and tripped on a grape or something I'd be annoyed but I wouldn't go I need 10 million if I broke my leg then I'd be a bit like ow this is my loss of earnings now I can't work different story you'd be a bit like well that's inappropriate like if you if you fell over something that was a fault of the store then yeah but if someone in front of me dropped a grape and I didn't see it and I said that like a, a shopper did, then that's not Sainsbury's fault. You know, it's mm. the same with this. Like I haven't had anyone in my circle of friends tell me about their PS5 being, uh, you know, doing this dual sensor. Maybe because everyone's really polite to me because they know I haven't got one yet. But it just seemed a bit like a small problem is now being, uh, what are they trying to achieve out of this? Well, it's, it's very interesting that um, this this um, lawsuit is slightly different than the Nintendo one because they sure. seem to have taken, they, they want to try and avoid the individual arbitration which can happen between Nintendo and somebody who has Joy-Con drift. Right. I think basically what they're after is a payout. Exactly. And it's just, it's just that one line, I'm looking at it on my screen now. Had plaintiff been aware of the drift effect prior to... they. Oh, just, that just—it's just so dumb. That's that's oh, it's like buying a car, crashing it, and then going, oh, well, if I'd known that this car was crashable, I wouldn't have bought it. <laughs> if I'd have known this car wouldn't have propelled, you know, wouldn't propel me out of the windscreen if I hit a tree at ninety miles an hour, I wouldn't have bought the damn thing. If this, it's, oh, I'm using obviously really wild analogies here. Your but... analogies are all over. They're, they're good. I like <laughs> yeah, all but... out of the windscreen. <laughs> I, I think. I think the, the main point of this is the fact that the, the actual uh, numbers of times that this has happened is so tiny and so small that, that yeah. actually this is a bit of a non-issue. And it feels like that this company is now trying to champion the whole, we are fighting for gamers, but actually... The Jack Thompson fight, mindset. Yeah, you know, we, we're, we're on the side of the user, but unfortunately also money. 
Yeah. So if they what, if they what win, can, what can Sony do though? Because they can't exactly go, oh, I have another console because they haven't got any. Now, say say they win one of them, right? They just want to be on. They just want to be the law firm that, that is that yeah. is the you know that is the drift based thing. So if they win one, they're going to win the other one, right? So it makes perfect sense from their perspective to set up another class action Cover with another base. console. Yeah. They could do one with Xbox as well, just in case. And you know, therefore they've got three paydays instead of one. Yeah, this... Xbox is Xbox isn't the hot shit at the moment, is it? No, but they could still get a payday out of that if they wanted. Yeah. This really does got, feel like um, one of those those adverts that was basically, uh, have you been given the wrong ladder at work? Mm, this is yeah. like, does your controller malfunction? I hate that advert so much. That one with the guys like, oh, I was going up to install a security camera. He's got a wooden ladder outside. <laughs> and Greg took personal he's, issue he's, with this. He's literally setting up for a fall. Like, I know it's a framed <laughs> thing. I know it's, uh, I know it's a framed advert, but anyone who knows this, I'm not even a tradesman, but a wooden round bottom ladder on the outside. That's gravel. what you should have said. Mm-hmm. I'm not even a tradesman. I fell down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah but you're right, though. It's that whole, like, uh, almost, so I had almost a, planned. I had a little theory on this one. Do, do we think... Do we we know for sure that it's the same components, right, that make up the DualSense? Is there a possibility that within the new software within that controller there is a there is a more sensitivity, right? So I'm I'm thinking, say on the PS4 or PS3, you had you know one to a hundred or something as your range of sensitivity within that within that dual control stick, the the actual thumbstick, and developers could say, you know. The default range, the default point when you're load when you're on the loading screen, because sometimes they, you know, it takes whatever your default point is there, and then you get drift on the next screen if you were pushing your thumbstick or whatever. I just wonder if there's maybe instead of it being a hundred steps of sensitivity, it's now a thousand, right, on the dual sense because it's so much better and it's doing so much more stuff that developers are not quite there yet, and the PS4 crossover games and the ones that we're playing now on a on a console they weren't designed for, they're getting this potential issue. Because even the default point is what is just one, right? So if you've got a thousand ways to go wrong, it could go, it could swing just that tiniest bit and start doing something. Whereas if you've got to go a whole couple of steps in the 100 range, it would be harder to get there. Do you see what I mean? So I just wonder if it's something where a def- developer needs to set the range a little bit wider for the default point. So it's like one to a hundred, so like a whole 10% inst- instead. But that's that's coming from a, you know, point of I don't really know how these things work. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I'm just making it up. So I don't know if there is something like that within the sensitivity boundaries that that that, that exists um, that could mean it happens more on PS5 than it ever did before. I just think it sounds like one person having a tantrum because it sounds like he bought it from a scalper and went, oh, can't get a refund. But I'm yeah, just looking at, I'm looking at the, um, <laughs> I'm looking at the game, uh, the game fact boards for the console, and there's. Even on the first three pages, there is zero mention of controller drift. The top top story so far is my console sounds like a jet engine. Mm. I just realized it's reading sh- a disc. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I just realized that I'm shouting it, so I've got my headset volume up too loud. Two seconds. I realized like I'm trying to compensate for what I can hear in my ears. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's better. Just um, thought you were really into it, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm just really, really into the console. I haven't got. Um, but yeah, there's there's really bugger all mention about this. I don't think um, Sony will do anything about it either, because considering Nintendo have had this Joy-Con drift thing going on for four years, you know, you get like you say the little arbitrations where they give you a new um, Joy-Con, and that, that's kind of all they bother with. You know, the first rule of litigation is do not admit liability. Sony are not going to, you know, go and admit that there's some 
great big fault in everything they've made and there's a new model or whatever they'll have to they'd have to be sending out hardware to like five million people now they're not going to do it so until until they lose the lawsuit there won't be an end to this it'll just drag on and on and on like the nintendo one i think sony should just they should just come out and say at least you've got one yeah, <laughs> come on, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Single me out. <laughs> I, just, I just, I think there's a bit of a non-issue, and I'm, I'm a bit surprised it's been picked up so many times this week in the news. But I guess if if one of the one of the news consoles was showing any kind of crack or you know there was any kind of news to talk about, it will be everywhere, which is just a bit of a shame. It was in November, December, wasn't it? Every story was about, you know, how hot they got or why you couldn't fry an egg on the top of your Xbox or, and you know, all yeah, these different why things. Why you shouldn't fry an egg on the top uh, of your Xbox. You know, but I, <laughs> people were trying. <laughs> I, quite like, I quite like what people floating like table tennis balls. That was quite cool. Yeah. I would totally do that. And the PS5 does sound very loud when it's reading a disc. I've but never actually put it, a disc then it's quiet. Yet. Do you have a disc version in the end? I thought you got Yeah, a, I do, yeah. Ah, right, because I knew Roscoe never... wouldn't wouldn't know whether it was making that noise or not, but mine does. <laughs> My, mine, mine only ever makes any noise when I'm playing a dodgy PS4 game that's prior to release, mm. which um, I'm playing two of the many um, two PS4 games on there, and it makes a horrible whining noise when it first starts. It's like, wow, <laughs> that it's back to being quite the cat. Might be, it might be. <laughs> the just before it's going to bite you, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this was Joy-Con drift issue. It's it's a non-issue. I think We've decided it's a non-issue. Yeah, just spent twenty minutes telling you it's a non-issue. <laughs> hey, I hope it was worth twenty minutes of conversation. <laughs> that was it. it was we're done. <laughs> Let's move on to another topic. So the next topic we want to talk about is E3 2021. So I'm just going to draw, read this little bit of an excerpt from the VGC by Andy Robinson. According to E3 2021 pitch documents sent to game publishers and seen by VGC, the ESA has now outlined its proposals for this year's event, which would see three days of live streamed coverage held during the previously announced dates of June 15th to June 17th. The ESA's intention is to hold multiple two-hour key conferences from games partners, an award show, a June 14th preview night, and other small streams from game publishers, influencers, and media partners. The broadcast event would be supplemental by media previews the week before, as well as demos released on consumer platforms, according to the ESA's proposal. The ESA also says it will partner with companies to remote stream playable game demos to the media across thousands of scheduled meetings with one-to-one assistance for developers. Many companies have used their similar on-demand streaming solutions during the pandemic to allow the media to remotely play their games for preview purposes. However, the E3 2021 plans still require the approval of ESA members, which is made up by by the industry's biggest companies and who have significant influence over the direction of the show. It's unclear how many publishers have signed up to E3 2021's digital event, though at least one major games company VGC spoke to indicated that it would continue to run its own separate digital showcase rather than paying the six-figure sums required to join E3 2021's schedule. So... The question I want to pose to you guys, E3 is going to be digital this year. And for all intents and purposes, it kind of was digital last year, but it just wasn't E3. Now, E3 has always been this gamer's Christmas where everything gets announced all in one go. Over the space of three days, we get new consoles, new games. We get T-shirts shot into our faces. We get 
you know, all kinds of crazy news and it's jammed into three days in LA. Now, the first question I want to ask is, did you miss it in 2020? So let's start with Greg. Did you miss E3 last year? I've never heard of it. What? <laughs> Seriously? No, of course I've heard of E3. Oh, thank Christ for that. <laughs> you fucking got there's, me there. There's not doing your research and then there's that. <laughs> no, you, 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 just, you, no, you, just fully, you fully had me going there, I'll be honest. <laughs> I've never heard of the biggest, <laughs> biggest gaming expert in the world. Um, I didn't watch any of it because digital shows just don't interest me. Um, but then I've never been to E3, so I can't say I've missed out on the experience of going. Um, the only worry I have is the knock-on effect for EGX and the like. Um, did I miss it? I missed the impact it had. It would have had if, if people had gone, because it's nice to see when people come back or they're there and you see all like uh, the bigger channels like PS Access and outside Xbox and all that lot going over. And I miss seeing all that. But then I could have easily kept like got the same sort of magic by watching these shows myself, and I just couldn't be asked. Fair like enough. it sounds like a weird dichotomy, but I'd rather see like the, the sites I enjoy having fun there than than stuff I can watch later down the line. I didn't bother to sit around and watch the premieres or anything like that. So same with EGX. Um, I'd rather be there and have fun than than watch trailers live. You know when I can yeah. watch them at my own leisure. Fair enough. Toby, what about you? Did you miss E three twenty twenty? See, I maybe think the opposite to Greg there. I, I, I don't, because <laughs> that's how we roll. Um, I um, I never went to one, obviously, but at the same time, I, I do I like the three days when you know my phone blows up and every five minutes there's a new game and I can't concentrate on work for those three days whatsoever because <laughs> I'm just too busy watching trailers. Um, but that's the thing. That's my that's my enjoyment, my absorbing of the media that I'm getting sent, right? And what was really cool in 2020 was that they cut out the middleman. You know, all the publishers sent that stuff and made those shows and there were world premieres and there was, you know, the Summer Game Fest and there was um, PlayStation version and the Xbox version and all these different versions of, of, of streaming things. It lasted a bit longer than three days, but they kept delivering it direct to my eyeballs. It was to me and there was no middleman in between. And I found that really fun. That was that was more engaging, right? So I know Greg didn't watch them and that's maybe the problem, but I did watch lots of them and I got really into it. So I kind of got the benefit of it being very direct, you know, like it's right in the needle in the vein of of games. It was right there yeah i i'm i'm with you on this i i found it incredibly um gratifying to be to be among that wave of okay this is the first that almost everybody is seeing of this game and we could all experience it as like a moment of excitement together like you were sat on an e3 show floor except um you weren't <laughs> you, yeah. you, was, you know yeah i mean fair enough for us uh, even even us as a group i think we only actually watched one conference together uh which was the, the ps5 one which even that wasn't part of e3 at all but you know i, I found sitting down and being excited about these games and you know, finding the ones that were cool and posting them in our slack and stuff i found that to be much more enjoyable than e3 is happening here is news every 15 seconds and it's watered down via somebody else's eyes. I think I found it. I found it more engaging. Yeah, that's it. It didn't have a journalist telling me what I should think about it. I could just think about it for myself. 
I also think that what part of what Greg said was is was right that I think that the best shows of the best digital like stream only shows of this last 12 months have been the ones that were done by content creators not traditional publishers so I think about like the future game show which I think was by far and away one of my favorites because it was done by um what's the is it, the is it games radar uh, yes, Games Radar. Um, it was Games Radar, yeah. So, so they, you know, they they have experience. They had like David Hater on there doing some of the, you know, pre presenting, and it was like, it was it was kind of what they would want to see rather than what the publisher wanted to show, which I think is, you know, a, a really nice mix. The PC Gamer Show is always cool as well, um, but I just think, actually, last last year some of the content creators delivered some of the better shows. So. Yeah, I can see what Greg's saying. Yeah, and and I absolutely agree that sometimes when you sit down to watch a show, sometimes it is better to have the excitement with somebody else, like a reaction video. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about this year's event. So it's going to be digital only, and they are going to stream it for three days, just as per usual. But they will have a a on-site experience. It will be virtually the same as what happened last year but just more planning and it's going to cost six figures in order to be involved. Can you see people like publishers and developers actually signing up to that? Let's start with Greg. I start with Greg. Greg was drinking. Um, <laughs> can I see publishers paying what for hopefully some sort of return on people watching their product uh, sure. show digitally? So, so it will it will cost at least six figures to join this digital E3. Oh, what you mean it will cost a developer? Oh, I see. So, so if if you're a publisher, say you're Sony, and you yep. want to go to E3, you have to pay the ESA what? at least a six figure sum to be part of a stream. No, then sense. no, that's mad. Yeah. Six figures, six figures to maybe have a fucking great big booth, uh, live show for, for footfall and demos and stuff. Yeah, but no, not for a streaming thing. Yeah, that's that's mental. Yeah, that's that was that was the reaction I was kind of hoping for, if I'm honest. <laughs> oh yeah, like I'm going to justify going. No, that's that's pocket money for. I'd pay that. <laughs> no, no it, I, the, the way I miss this, I've been looking at this for like the last three or four days, however long it's been since this news came out. Thinking, who in their right mind is paying six figures to be part of E3 when you can do it yourself? Yeah, I saw. And they I have thought, done I it themselves. Meant, I thought you meant E3 were running at a cost of six figures, and then other developers and publishers pay a small fee to pay no not not a developer has to pay six figures to go or to, to not even go to, to no. not even go yeah not just even go no then to then not no, turn that's... up and have your game shown which is so yeah. if they if if loads of these they, can, they could run their own they could run their own like they have been doing yeah say say you know they, they they've got their six figure option and they and the other option is to do it yourself then you know there has to be a a break-even point where the ESA doesn't have enough um, developers on board or publishers on board to actually run it properly. Um, is there a point when they, you know, don't have enough backers and it actually doesn't happen? To use to use like another analogy, that's it's like it's like when the pubs reopen, and then you wear the spoons going right. We're going to charge you ten quid to get in to recoup the costs of what we lost over the last year. Yeah. Well, I think there was all there was always a cost to being an E3. Yeah, it's one it's one of the reasons why Sony and Not EA and such already 
you know bowed out isn't it they they, they didn't what they didn't think it was worth it they could do their own you know uh, sony calls them something i can't remember the state of plays they, they could do their own state of plays every every time they wanted to you know just like i said earlier get direct to the user without having to pay this money and they, they didn't think it was a return on investment it must have been costing them something pretty hefty um at the time whether it was six figures or not i've no idea but there must have been something um in order to be part of that it just it, it's it's something doesn't make sense if, if you're already losing some of the mas- the massive like like sony like ea etc and then they've got summer game fest and um the games radar one you know doing just as well if not better with world premieres coming out of their ears i just think there's just there's not really room for it to re- to be what it was right it, it's probably dead already and they just they're just sort of trying to reinflate the carcass a bit you know with, with one more shot but if you if you take your eye off the ball for one year, you cancel it, and you don't have a backup plan for one year, and everyone swoops in, and you've yeah. you've lost your stranglehold on the market, right? So that they've they've no longer got that stranglehold they had, and it's mm-hmm. just been demonstrated last year that anyone can do this, and we can do it probably better. Yeah, one hundred percent. Which is a shame because the ESA as a company, so the ESA are like a trade body in America. And 90% of their money to run every year comes from E3. And the fact that that's going away will probably have a hefty impact on the, in, on the ESA itself. But the, the problem is that, that E3 has not evolved in any meaningful way in years. Well, um, but by, under that reason, I, I would hope it did survive in that case. I'll, I'll, I'll change my tone slightly and hope it does survive because, you know, like you say, that's an important job, but it needs to evolve. Yeah, it needs to evolve, like you're saying. I don't, I don't want to see the death of live shows because, like I said, locally, I'm more worried about EGX and the knock-on effects it'll have. If if E3 went down, then every other one's going to go, oh, why should we bother then? Because E3 is big. So, yeah, like Toby, I don't want to see it suffer, but I also want this to be a kick up the arse and make them go, maybe that is a lot of money. Yeah. The, the, the problem for E3 is the fact that it's too early. Like, I think to myself, EGX res this year absolutely will not happen because that's usually in March and that, that's not going to happen. I'm thinking September. So September's usually the normal Settling EGX. into like the winter lull. Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, that might be a, a show that actually goes ahead with reduced numbers in a different venue. I think it might be a, a show that goes ahead. E3's problem is it's in June. And right now we know that, you know, the global bastard is fucking us up. You know, there isn't a country in the world that's, apart from you know, New Zealand, that's like, fine, Corona's nothing. We're done. But uh, No, they've locked down again. You're kidding. Oh, um, you can edit this out because <laughs> it's non-game related. But no, um, they've had a couple of cases in their big city. So they're doing a stage two oh, lockdown for a few days. But fucking... that's literally like, no, that's, that's the right response. Like, right, share everything down. Let's isolate these few cases. Yeah, and ho- hotels and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not cutting this out because what I want to say is the fact that everybody should be doing this. Show. We can have a game fucking presentation. Yeah, true, true. If we if we if we done this at the start, then yeah. Like we should be like EGX Rest is my favorite game show, my game event of all time. It's indie game focused. It's dead small. I've bumped into half of the, my absolute heroes in game development, like Tim Schafer. And what? yeah, Tim, like the, these guys just are there and you bump into them. And it's like, that is the kind of show that EGX Rest is. And 
it is, isn't happening this year and it didn't happen last year. So put a fucking mask on, stay the fuck away from me and let's have these game show backs, please. <laughs> yeah. Okay, back on topic. This is the question. <laughs> I, this, this is the question that I actually want to ask. Can E3 survive this year? Not Greg. with those stupid uh, hosting prices, no. Okay. What do you think they should do differently? Not charge them as much? I don't know. I'm not a businessman. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, just before just, I just, asked... Just, them... just, just sponsor, like... Well, no, because it'll cost them money, but, like, have a collaboration with Sony or Microsoft or both. Like, E3 presents Sony's state of play or something like that, just to, just to remind people that E3 is a thing. Yeah. I'm obviously just spitballing here, but just just make try and stay relevant without the obscene price tag. Did did you hear about the plans that were going to happen with last year's E3? No. So these plans were leaked before it was cancelled. And basically they were going to transform E3 from less of a publisher-driven um game-driven event into a influencer division kind of thing where would have, oh i do vaguely remember that yeah we're gonna have like eight stages with different influencers on each stage playing different games and that was that was going to be the, the core focus of e3 it was going to be influencers now for me that was never going to work because genuinely I, I don't know influencers from from the guy on the street you know ninja could walk up to me and be like he's got fucking stupid hair and they just walk past me and it, it, that's just the way it is. But for me, that wouldn't have worked. Would that have worked for either of you two? No, because like you, I don't give a shit to watch people like Ninja and PewDiePie playing games. Like that Maybe. just to me sounds like my idea of hell. I yeah, have no inf- no interest in influencers. Um, I don't think that kind of advertising works on me very well. It, it there's. Maybe it's a generational thing. It's like something that teenagers these days, you know, it really does work on them. But it's something where our generation is like, nope, I don't give a shit about that. Um, so it doesn't work very well. Fair enough. Saying that, I, I can't really say I, I don't want to watch other people make video games when I'm trying to actively promote that I do streaming now. Oh, I'd watch Greg. Yay! Thank you. Because <laughs> I'm not loud and obnoxious. Exactly. Well... Well, outside of the podcast, I'm... Unless you've got your headphones on on too too loud. loud, I'm like a deaf person trying to tune his deaf aid, you know, like, yeah, it's working! (laughs) Toby, before we move on then, final say on this. Oh, do I think it's dead? Do you think it's dead already, or do you think it could survive this year? I think I already said that it's probably dead. Um, I think, unless, unless, yeah, exactly like Greg says, they're going to have to bring that price down dramatically, um, because they don't have the running costs of an actual place and an actual venue, so you take that bit off at least. They can they could still use running costs for you know getting people involved, getting good deals on things. You know they could get money from sponsors rather than you know actually being a sort of you know invo- involved per, uh, party um, and, and try and run it a bit more like like the two or three that we just mentioned that we quite liked you know like the the um, future game show one um, I liked I liked seeing David Hayter and and the the lady who he, he was on was it Mer- Merrill's um, I can't remember her name but the, the lady who does uh, the Merrill's uh, Debbie, voice as Debbie well May West. she was fantastic as well um, and I really enjoyed that particular show I totally with you on that one Sean I think they should do something like that but is there a space for them? Because those shows are going ahead again anyway. Yeah, which is a shame. Like, it's not a shame. 
but it, it is because you know E3 really can't compete for that for me, and unless they just sign every publisher up, which they're not going to be able to. So I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I think that if, as as I was saying before, the uh, if the, there's a number of backers, there's got to be a particular point of they need enough backers to do it. Yeah, which I I don't think Sony will. I think Microsoft might skip this year because they they were ever, ever so slowly moving out of E3. They'd taken up the conference center across the road from E3 previously and had a very small booth inside E3, but they were moving further and further away for doing like these fun events, weren't they? So would be a shame. Would be a shame. Do you, th- do you think Sony and Microsoft will have quite as much pull on their own shows this year because they're not launching a brand new console this year? Last year was a little bit of an outlier, maybe because they were both launching brand new consoles. Everyone was hyped, you know, and they probably got some extra audience share out of that. Yeah, I think they will have far more pull this time around. I think they'll have more pull this time around. More pull, not less. Okay. Yeah, because I think this, if, if the messaging for the last year has been new console, new console, new console. Here's a couple of games that we'll be able to play on the new console, but also they're coming on on the other other consoles as well. And now I think we're going to get to the point where we're going to go, here's a brand, brand spanking new game that will only play on your brand spanking new console. And this will be like the cutting edge games. You know, not, not the Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is like Spider-Man 1.5. You know, it, it's, it'll be Horizon. Yeah, it'll be Horizon. Well, you know, even Horizon is going to play on a PS4. Apparently. Well, <laughs> it won't look as good. <laughs> No, it and obviously obviously won't look as good on the, the that it will on the PS5. But you know, there's going to be those games, those experiences that are coming out soon that will be like this is PS5 exclusive, this is the cutting edge, and uh, that'll be exciting. Let's move on to the next topic. The last one we've got for this week is about Activision remakes. So earlier in this week, uh, I'm going to have a quote from uh, IGN from Matt Kim. Activision says that players can expect many more remasters and imagined ex- reimagined experiences uh, from them in 2020 after the success of revival franchises like Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare. As if Call of Duty Modern Warfare would needed reimagining. Not, not Tony Hawk then. <laughs> not Tony Hawk apparently. Um, during the Q4 uh, financial year 2019 investor call earlier this week, Activision Blizzard CFO Dennis Durkin released, revealed that in addition to new games and IP, Activision will continue to tap into our portfolio of beloved IP to bring several remastered and reimagined experiences to our players in 2020, which will announce 2021, which we will announce closer to launch. So there are more um, remastered games coming. And first, I'd like to kind of get your guys' thoughts on what we actually expect Activision to remaster. Let's start with Greg. What do you actually expect Activision or oh, to remaster? God, I don't fucking know. They've got such a massive catalogue, but they'll only pick out four or five games, won't they? It'll be more Call of Duty. Um, yeah, which is, which is I've, I've got, you know, Call of Duty. Maybe, thinking, maybe a new Guitar Hero? Maybe. And do that. Um, I don't know what else Activision that do. Was, that's my uh, that's my wanted one, Guitar Hero. What? Why? Yeah, because it's quite a big one for them to bring out because they'd have to bring out a whole new controller and all that. You know, all that gubbins that goes yeah, with it. Yeah, but plastic so, peripheral gaming died like a death of expensive plastic 
shite. I don't care. Um, I think I'd love that back. <laughs> um, oh, God. Yeah, but then it's it's Activision Blizzard, isn't it? So it's any of their back catalogue, like, fuck, what a Blizzard make? Um, Starcraft? Warcraft. Starcraft. Warcraft, Starcraft, Craftcraft. Um, uh, Diablo. Diablo! Um, yeah, I don't know what I expect them to bring out, because I don't really have much in the consideration. I know I'd like to come out, but... Or Go on, get then, Tell me what you would like them to oh, do. Oh, I can answer this one. Phew. Um, well, given the success of Sekiro, I'd love to see a Tenchu. Oh, you're just going to run through my list here, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd love to see, like, the... Well, from from software, I only took on Tenchu Z, which is shite. But obviously, Activision uh, owned Tenchu. So it's nice to see, like, the from software engine for Sekiro used for Tenchu. I mean, that would be, like, the tits. Like a, like a trilogy or even just like Wrath of Heaven, which was great because Wrath of Heaven, you could play as the doctor with his acupuncture needles. Um, I mean, that would be sweet. Um, I was looking at a list a second ago and I just lost it because I am still looking for time because I've just managed to close my screen. Toy Story, that'd be quite cool because everyone always cites Toy Story 2 as one of the really good games like based on films. I'm like, yeah, it kind of is quite good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you know, historically i'd have said you're out of your mind thinking about doing like a toy story game but then it wasn't too long ago we had like the lion king and aladdin double pack yeah oh, like, yeah yeah so good still so never these... finished uh lion king oh you never will either mate i'm sorry no 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 I'm, I'm, <laughs> don't, i don't expect to I, like I, the, the I've, I've probably got better luck you know um finishing dark tales my eyes closed than fucking lion king um vigilante 8 yeah, you are just going to run through my list. <laughs> I'll keep it short and sweet. I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, oh, God, there was one that I saw a second ago, and I thought, no, they lost the rights to that because it went to Squeenix. Oh, that's right, True Crime, and like a Sleeping Dog sequel or a similar kind of thing, but then that's a, that's a Squeenix property now. Well, no, I don't think it is. I think Activision still own True Crime. Really? I think what happened was... Oh, uh, yeah, they still own True Crime, don't they? Yeah, they just don't own the, the property of Sleeping Dogs, the game. Yes, yeah. But yeah. if they came out with a with a new true crime would that be the same team behind sleeping dogs is well, the issue they, they got they got disbanded didn't they after yeah which is a bit gutting it's a lot gutting to be fair that that game absolutely deserved the sequel yeah and then the other the only other sort of completely out of left field um wish list one would be um some other x-men game because x-men origins wolverine was really fucking good like Damn. the film was awful but I quite enjoyed, like, for the same reasons you guys like Werewolf, because it's just schlocky fun. I really enjoyed the X-Men War, not the old PS2 one, I mean the 360 one. Where yeah. you play, yeah, yeah. And it, it was, as far as X-Men games go, and before we had, like, the way Insomniac are treating Spider-Man now, I quite enjoyed that X-Men game, uh, that Wolverine game. Because I think was, I ever played this. Have you not? Oh, it was quite yeah, good fun. So. It, it, was, it was what everyone wanted to see from the first Wolverine film which was obviously him just going full ham on people and violent. And then of course it wasn't, but this game was like decapitations. You, at one point you, you pull a guy out of a helicopter and stick his head up into the blades. You have your weapon X berserk mode. It was, <laughs> it was really good fun. And it'd be nice to see that again. I have the platinum trophy in that game. Nice. Because of course I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you. I really enjoyed that game. I just, I, I would want them to make another X-Men game. Like, I want another X Men game. Like the, the Spider Man treatment. 
for an X-Men game. I, I, I don't... The thing is, I don't know where that franchise is right now. Like, yeah, no, it's, who, it's, who owns the game well, rights to X-Men? I don't know. Obviously, X-Men um, thingy Destiny got pulled because of the whole two-human saga, didn't it? Oh, yeah, but... The, the whole Silicon Knights epic saga. Um, I have a copy of that subset of where upstairs. Oh, nice. I wish I bought one when we were... When we were you can have mine. Fun. It's fucking... I don't want it. Um... <laughs> And just just one more to throw into the mix. Bloody Raw. How cool would Bloody Raw be? That is a good shout. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's that's my couple of wish listies. Okay. Thank you, Greg. Um, Toby, have you got any sensible gases on what they might actually bring <laughs> oh, out? <laughs> I've got I've got absolutely nothing on that list. Um I think What do you want then? I, I kind of think the um the Call of Duty World at War. Is the one oh. I'd like them to actually remaster and and bring back. That's they, a sensible they're, guess. They're, they're bringing back the you know the, the good modern warfare ones. That's cool. But there was another one just at the same time, which was World at War, which I liked even more. Um, there were some brilliant Japanese levels. You know, some, it was one of the better World War ones that we had. Um, so I, I'd go for that one. Um, my unsensible guess was yeah, Guitar Hero bring back the full you know plastic peripherals everything like that and i'll buy a new one um i don't even know if my you know 35 year old hands could even manage um the uh the, the controller anymore for that game <laughs> it was how long ago was it i was actually playing it like like 13 12 12 oh. so it's even more so it's more like 15 years ago <laughs> that's a long time in uh you know hand aging and um, hand-eye coordination and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I may not be able to manage it anymore. Um, but that, you know, guitarists are still great guitarists even into their uh, into their later years. I mean, they, it, may be, it may be fine, I might be fine. In terms of um, other Blizzard ones, I tried to look at the Blizzard lot and I was just like, you know what, none of these games interest me at all. Mm-hmm. I have just no interest in anything Blizzard makes. So Warcraft, Hearthstone, Diablo, all these top-down sort of really item heavy magic heavy pc rpgs that i just can't get on with um the only thing i've really played from blizzard and put any amount of time into because it was you know fun to play was starcraft 2 um so starcraft the, the first the first one and then the expansion pack that came first i didn't get to the third expansion but they could they could you know keep redoing things for starcraft for years probably because that's a good esport in korea and things um but yeah, that's my only real thoughts. I think Greg's gone way back into the Activision uh, library there, m- much further than I could remember. So um, yeah, yeah, I agree with a bunch of those. <laughs> no, I agree with a lot of them. They sound great. I, I agree with... What all, about you, Sean? Half my list is is your list too. So um, the, I was thinking probably Diablo. I'm thinking Diablo because... That's the rumoured one, isn't it? Yeah. I think Diablo it, 2, I think it is. Is that after the, the, the terrible Diablo mobile? Well, I'm not entirely sure what the hell's going on with this now because you've got, was it Vicarious Visions were like absorbed yeah. by Diab- yeah, Blizzard? Yeah. So um, they're a good developer, you know. Well, they were, so, they, they were the Tony Hawk's guys, weren't they? They were supposedly is... doing Diablo 2, yeah. And they were like, well, because Tony Hawk did really well, we've now amalgamated the team to work on current projects. And everyone's like, cool, so we're not getting a Project 8 remaster now. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd actually quite like a, you know, a, a further Tony Hawk's remaster. I think three and... Three and four, don't you always, uh, I mean, that's where they would go numerically, yeah. Yeah, I just think if you start slap those two into a, a package and did them in the same vein as one or two, I think they'd yeah, probably yeah. sell. Um, 
Because I think I, after that, I think they start to lose it. I mean, the, the more bad, more Gary you get, I think the oh, less yeah. that series gets. So that's so. why I said Project 8, because that was a bit more grounded. And you had that really cool mechanic with the dual sticks when you can turn your board. Well, I, I never, I never played eight because oh, yeah, I just, just proper went off the series. Oh yeah, no, the American Wasteland and um, Underground and all that. Were really I really went, really went off of that after no, Tony Pro- Hawk's Project, Four. Project Eight before, before Skate came along was great because you'd um, you, you ollie and then you click the sticks in to start this slow mo thing, and then you move the feet independently so you kick the board at different angles so you could like let it rotate and then bring them back into land it or let it free spin, and yeah, it was a great mechanic. Is this the one that had like a peripheral you could buy? No, that was Ride. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, they they were awful. <laughs> um, that's what I called it the first time around. So other Activision things, I, I I agree about Call of Duty, and I think that World of War probably will be the next one because it was awesome. Just that would be cool. Just for the enemy the Gates level style mm. one, um, and that was my that was my first ever platinum trophy. Which what was it? The Okinawa Islands ones at the end. They were great. Yeah, and it was just like grenade rain. Uh, if you yeah. <laughs> hide behind any cover and about four grenades just dropped around you. So oh, veteran mode on that game was intense. Yeah, I, I, I don't bother with Call of Duty veteran modes for that reason. Yeah, it's just checkpoint motion, isn't it? Just get to the next mm. checkpoint and you'll be fine. Um, the other thing I was thinking was probably Crash Bash. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah. I loved Crash Bash. <laughs> I, I, I just think if if they're going to continue with Crash, you know, they've done they've done the racing, they've done you know, the Insane Trilogy, why not Crash Bash? I'd massively expand it if I was going to do it, because it's not big enough for a game these days. But you know, there's only about, what, six or seven different minigames in that? Yeah. Um, there's one, though, it's like a, like a four-player pinball thing, like a Happy Hippos <laughs> yeah. pinball. But that is so good, that game. Me and my brother used to play that for hours. Yeah. Just that I'd, one minigame. I, I could see that, but, you know, if they wanted to really expand on Crash, that's the way to do it, I think. Um, they got the new game. Why not? Why not bring us the party game, man? Um, my my wish list was Tenchu because Tenchu's fucking awesome. Uh, Vigilante Eight because that's also fucking awesome. Uh, but the other one I wanted to put in was Gun. So oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that. That I remember Gun. My mate Duncan loves it. Yeah, I was he, a big fan. He of hasn't played Red Dead because he preferred Gun. What? Yeah, well, he played a lot of Gun on three sixty, and by the time Red Dead came out, he's like, "Nah, it's too serious. I just really miss Gun." You can play two games, you know. <laughs> Says Sean, you can play a thousand games, you yeah, know. <laughs> that's true. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was that was my list. Um, but yeah, I really hope we get some good games out of Activision this year because you go through their IP list and there's so many good ones, just just sitting there languishing. Right, should we do some quiz answers? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it then. Okay. So question one was, which one of the following did not have his voice featured in the game Brutal Legend? Was it Ozzy Osbourne, Lammy, or Ronnie James Dio? Uh, Greg, who, what did you have down for that one? It was Dio, because I think he was dead by then. It was I don't Dio. think he was, but it wasn't. Go on, sorry. D- Dio is the correct answer. Um, and he did start to record some lines for um, the game, but there was apparently some kind of falling out between him and Ozzy Osbourne, and he was, <laughs> he was replaced by Tim Curry. Yeah, probably because... Um... <laughs> the whole Sabbath thing, yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, um, they, what, why they, would they have them together at the same time? I don't know, man. <laughs> These two have got a history, let's put them in the same booth <laughs> uh, with a bat. With a bat, yes, 
Um, so yeah, the answer was Ronnie James Dio. So question two, uh, the cult classic Metal Wolf Chaos was originally developed and published by which company, uh, Toby? From Software. From Software is correct. Oh, yes. Uh, I can really th- rack my brains for that one. <laughs> question three, in which Xbox 360 exclusive do you battle against three gangs called Los Muertos, the Volk, and the Shy Gen Corporation? Uh, Toby? Uh, crackdown? Crackdown is correct. Phew. Question four, uh, Lady Butterfly... Saints Row or Crackdown. <laughs> uh, question four, Lady Butterfly, Headless Ape, and the Corrupted Monk are all bosses from which game? Uh, Greg? It's Sekiro. Uh, actually, it's, it's Sekiro Shadows Die Shadows Twice. Die Twice. <laughs> I've written the whole thing out. I have. <laughs> I'm going to take the point off you. I'm going to take the point off you. If you've got Sekiro, I will take it. Uh, uh, I've got the platinum in that game. So you, I. I... <laughs> <laughs> Did you get the platinum in the end on that? Did you give up? <laughs> Did you oh, give yeah. up? I haven't got it yet. I don't You're know. You're so close. Up. I haven't given up on Codevania either. What the f- fuck, Codevania? <laughs> I'm on 67% for Sekiro. It's poor numbers, numbers, man. But it's, it's just like, there's only about five trophies left. They're all just golds. Um, yeah, I've got to run through it one more time. Anyway, Get it done. I will. I'll do it. Okay, question five. Which uh, Disney World do Sora and company visit first in Kingdom Hearts 3, Toby? Is it Olympus? Yes, it's Olympus. <sighs> oh, Yes. I will accept Hercules if you've written down Hercules. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I wrote Hercules. I, I wrote Hercules and Olympus. Well, yeah. <laughs> I um, what it was but... called. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the answer is either Olympus or Hercules. Question six. In which 2012 Disney film does Street Fighter Zangief make an appearance? Greg? Wreck-It Ralph. Greg, okay. Do you want to do, you wanna do just, your... Imp- just because you are a bad guy does not mean you are bad guy. <laughs> ah, there it is. Thank That's you. Sounded more, bad guy. sounded more German than Russian, but... Okay, uh, question seven. Sonic the Hedgehog's most powerful form, that of hypersonic, appears in just one game. What game is it, uh, Toby? Yeah, this was a guess. So I went for Sonic and Knuckles. No. Mm. Wait. Actually, it might be. It's Sonic and Knuckles. What? When you, <laughs> when Sonic, with Sonic 3 combined? Yeah, it's yeah, Sonic yeah, the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles. Yeah. <gasps> Can I have Sonic and Knuckles? No. Oh. Uh, yeah, I put something. Damn it. Of course, it is hyper. Yes, because I've done this. You get, <laughs> you've got to get, you've got to get seven Chaos Emeralds in the Sonic Three part, and then you've yes. got to do them again with the funky new bonus stages in Sonic and Knuckles. And then because he goes from being gold to f- like flashing. Yes, you're remembering a lot of How this. How did I not know that? Wrong. I know. <laughs> I know. It's just come back to me now. I put Sonic 06 because I was like, oh wait, no, I've never heard of Hypersonic. <laughs> of course, I've heard of Hypersonic because I've done it. Well done. Can I have the point? No. Sonic no. and Knuckles, come on! No. <laughs> it was a guess. It's it half, was such a guess. Game. Okay. Ah, oh, damn. Sorry. Question eight. What was the name of the uh, damsel in distress in the original Donkey Kong, Greg? Pauline. Pauline is correct. <laughs> Dumb uh, name. Candy Kong, not Candy Kong. Because <laughs> no, when you started saying, when you were like, I can only think of one in the Donkey Kong universe, and you were like, there's only the monkeys, and I was like, he's got it wrong. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, I was going to give you a hint, and then Greg goes, no hints. I can't even no think hints. who. I can't even think of this Pauline she's, one she's at all. She's the one in, like with ginger hair and the purple. She's the very the original Donkey Kong at the top of the ladder. <sighs> no. I can remember. I can remember Candy Kong. That's all I can remember. Oh, sorry, mate. Oh well. That's Donkey uh, Kong Country. 
Question nine, in which 2010 game did you play as protagonist called Monkey, who was voiced by Andy Sergis? Toby? Enslaved Journey to the West. It's not called Journey to the West. <laughs> it's called Odyssey to the West. It he is doesn't get the Odyssey. He doesn't get the point for that, does he? Ooh. <sighs> <sighs> I'm having the point. Technically, Odyssey to the West is a subtitle, not the full title. Or is it? No. I don't know. No, Enslaved Odyssey to the West is the answer. <gasps> so Toby gets it wrong. <laughs> Do you know, if you just said, just said it's enslaved and not bothered with the... Yeah. I would have given it I've to well, you. I've got crossed out the rest. There it, we go. It no, says it, enslaved it, now. It's based, <laughs> it's, based, it's based on the old Chinese fable, Journey to the West. It is. So I can see where that will come in. Oh, and an dude. odyssey is a journey. Right, and a journey it, is an odyssey. If, the, if that answer Assassin's makes a difference. Journey. Because <laughs> you were so close with Sonic as well. Oh, okay. Um, you can have it. I don't mind. Don't worry. I think Greg will still win. <laughs> I, might have, I might take that point, I think. Okay, uh, I mean, I'm happy for him the to same have fucking it, game. The, yeah, I'm happy for him to have it. <laughs> I, I knew exactly what you were talking about, so just have it. You, you got close enough. Question ten: Name one of the three playable protagonists in Assassin's Creed Revelations. So I'll take Altair, Desmond Miles, or Ezio Alditore di Firenze, not Ferrari. Oh, <laughs> you said the at the start of this. Thing here. What were you thinking? Um, what did you put? I've, I think I've gone for the one which was like China and Russia and stuff. Oh, oh, the Chronicles. Chronicles, damn it. Oh, Toby, I've got the Chinese that's... girl from that. Tobes. Wow. Tobes. Wait, doesn't she appear in... No, she appears in the movie. Nah, she's not in it. Yeah. She's not playable either. So. Oh, yeah, true. Right, so um, I got that wrong as well. So wrong game. I'll tell you, Desmond Miles or Ezio Auditori. Damn it, and those are far easier answers. I did wear as well. Like, <laughs> wow, you went really elaborate on that. Yeah, <laughs> did you? I did. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's toss up those scores and let's figure out what we got. So, uh, Greg? Uh, nine. Nine out of ten. Toby? I'm giving myself half a point for Sonic and Knuckles. Why? And then I'm, so I've got wrong. eight and a half. Eight and a half. Well, you can't just give yourself points. I can. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. It does. I, I was very proud of you for getting anarchy. the answer. Anarchy. Um, Absolute anarchy. Actually, take that back. Seven and a half. Oh, because <laughs> it was Candy Kong, Shao Yun, and Sonic. Yeah, they're seven and a half actually. Seven and a half. Well, well Can't done, count Greg. either. Uh, well, I thought I'd done way. pretty well. You did. You did really well. I thought that was a pretty tricky quiz, to be honest. Um, what by giving us games you've already played? Ronnie Dio was a complete guess. Uh, as was Sonic and Knuckles. I, I think. I think. I tried to pick pretty difficult questions for games that I knew that you played, like. If somebody had asked me about uh, the the Los Muertos, the Volk, and the Shajen Corporation, I'd think I'd been like, I know these names. Mm. Mm. I nearly put Saints Row. Well, oh, I've never yeah. played Saints Row, so but at so, least I played Crackdown for five minutes. <laughs> as much as Paul put into Assassin's Creed, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as much as Paul puts into X game. Yeah. Okay, so that's it for the quiz this week. Well done, Greg. And um, yeah, well done, Greg. So the last thing to talk about this week is what's coming out. I'm going to turn to Toby for this one. Okay, cool. Toby's ready. Um, so starting with February the 16th, um, when this podcast goes live, we've got hashtag drive. I just call it drive, you know, like a normal person. Um, that's coming out on Switch. Coming out on anything else, Greg? No, did you just but play it's already Switch? A, no, it's, I, it's only on mobile and Switch. According to this coming out tomorrow. Yeah, it was embargo was today. 
Yeah. Yeah. The invite. Well, Udero's the podcast comes out tomorrow, so it would technically be That'll out do it. today. It's all today then. Cool. Yeah, right, man. <laughs> um, then we've got uh, speed limit coming to hashtag speed limit hashtag not hashtag uh, speed limit is coming to PS4. Then the next day coming to PC, and then the next day coming to Switch. Um, so it's doing a weird staggered approach to this, um, but yeah, not the opposite of speedy. It's coming out on three across three whole days. Um, then on February the 17th, again, obviously you've got a speed limit. Um, you've got a game called Void Gore coming to PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, 30XX uh, coming to Early Access on Steam, which is a platformer. So then you've got on February 17th still uh, Shattered Tale of the Forgotten King, um, which is a very, very cool looking uh, Dark Soulsy sort of uh, Souls light. Then on February 18th, um, fantastically named Fantasy Tavern Sextet, Volume 2, Adventurer's Days. So I think we know who that is aimed at. Um, <laughs> coming to PC, if you like that kind of thing. Um, Anodyne 2, Return to Dust, coming to PC. Um, and Cathedral is coming to Switch. And then on February 19th, um, we've got Steven Universe Unleash the Light, coming to PS4 and PC. Um, a game called Azure Lane Crosswave coming to Switch and Fallen Legion Revenants coming to PS4 and Switch. Um, a game called Boom Blaster coming to Xbox One. And then uh, Puss, that's how I'm pronouncing that correct, which is the one, Sean, you're reviewing Puss at the moment, aren't you? They're coming to Switch and Xbox One. Yes, I don't think there's an embargo about this, but um, check this out when it releases. Because, wow. <laughs> it's a bit of a, a trippy, you know, color scheme, subliminal message nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, I believe it's already out somewhere, and I don't think there is an embargo for this this code. Cool. It's just I have never played a game like this before, and I like cats. And this game played a lot of games. <laughs> it is wild. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the same day, you've got um, Thomas was alone coming to Switch, Gravity Heroes coming to Xbox One. Game called Effie coming to Xbox One, and lastly Aldeus Alt Deus uh, Beyond Chronos coming to uh, PC and Steam, um, and then the last release of Speed Limit on coming to Xbox One on February nineteenth. So that's four different days you can get Speed Limit on different things. Wow! There we go. That's everything that's coming out this week. That's a pretty good week, especially Plus. And yeah. Drive, which there's a review. You should go and read it now on the website, fingerguns.net. And I'd definitely give uh, Shattered Tale of the Forgotten King a go if my PC would run it. Yeah, that looks like a very cool game too. Really beautiful. We were offered code for that. We just couldn't get it to run, could we? No. We need we need a a new Patreon. Get Toby better PC Patreon. Yes. And it'll take <laughs> on more indie games. Yes. Well, that is it for this week. I don't, I don't think we fucked it up too bad, I'll be honest. Yeah, I did all right. I think without Ross to shepherd us through, I didn't think we totally the balls done. <laughs> um, thank you very much for listening to us if you did. And um, you can get all of our links and stuff in the description below in the link tree. So goodbye from Toby. Sayonara. Goodbye from Greg. Bye. And it's a goodbye from me. We did it. We did it. Well done, guys. Yeah. <laughs>